episode number 183 of the Fearless Presentations podcast, the fastest, easiest way to eliminate public speaking fear. Want to absolutely eliminate public speaking fear? This podcast is the answer. Here's the guy who literally wrote the book on Fearless Presentations, Doug Stannard. everybody, welcome back to Fearless Presentations. I'm Doug Stannard, CEO of the Leaders Institute, and my goal is to help you become a fearless and professional speaker and presenter. On this episode, we continue our masterclass about presentation skills, and this week, uh, we take that, that presentation skeleton that you created a couple of weeks ago, and we're going to show you 10 ways to add impact to it. Last week, we covered the first five items, and this week, we're going to finish up with the final five impact ideas. By the way, I've created a free downloadable guide for you. Just go to fearlesspresentations.com slash audio dash guide to access that. Uh, and if you haven't yet subscribed to the podcast, make sure and do that. Also rate the podcast. Give me a review. I'd love to read those from you guys. Also, we've got a number of in-person Fearless Presentations classes coming up in the next month or so. We've got classes in Denver, Washington, D.C., Houston, Phoenix, Charlotte, L.A., Menlo Park, San Francisco area, all that kind of stuff there. I mean, they're, they're coming up really quickly. Most of these classes have at least a couple of seats available still. But if you want to get a spot, you want to make sure and register right away, because since we're only offering the classes in just a few select cities right now, they're selling out pretty early. So get your tickets. Uh, just go to fearlesspresentations.com for details. All right, let's get on with today's podcast. So the next impact idea is a quote that allows you to borrow expertise from a famous person. Uh, and in fact, a good quote really allows you to, to take the credibility of an expert and use it temporarily. Tom Peters, he's a famous motivational speaker, and he uses a ton of quotes in his speeches. Uh, Peters once said, my conclusions are much more credible when I back them up with great sources. I agree. When you quote an expert, you're basically giving your audience a second opinion. It's also very easy to insert quotes into your presentation because just like with the funny story that we talked about earlier, basically all you really have to do is Google the words quotes about and then just insert whatever topic that you're going to be speaking on. Uh, you want to make sure that the quote that you add, or though, are you want to make sure that they're short and that they're easy to remember. Um, a lot of speakers will put long quotes on a PowerPoint slide and then call that a supporting point. Um, this will most likely fall flat, especially in front of a group. Uh, so no one wants to read a long quote. <laughs> in addition, if you read it to them, it will sound very strange. You'll, you'll get better results inserting a, a couple of easy to remember quotes that you can tell your audience verbally. For instance, Craig Hayden, uh, in his post, How to Use Quotes in Your Presentation, he said that short quotes pack more punch. <laughs> By the way, when you insert short quotes like that, it's going to make you appear to be more educated. If you can memorize a certain amount of quotes and put those into your presentation, then your audience is going to see you as being more educated, and it's going to be a higher level of presentation for you. Next impact idea is a sample, and samples let your audiences really see, touch, and feel an item. Sometimes 
an item that a person can see, that they can touch, that they can feel. It's a better visual aid than a photo or an image on a slide. Uh, in fact, one of the best examples of this was, was about a decade or so ago, I was teaching a presentation class in Las Vegas. And one of the participants worked for the Southland Corporation. That's the company that owns all the 7-Eleven convenience stores. And at the time, 7-Eleven was having a, a marketing crisis because they had spent decades building up brands like Big Gulp and Big Bite and Slurpee, you know, the, and the buyers had really shifted dramatically into healthier options at the time, still are, by the way. So 7-Eleven had started offering fresh deli sandwiches in their stores. And this marketing person that was in the class gave a presentation uh, the, in the morning talking about how nice their healthy sandwiches were. Now, throughout the day, we began to, to take the original presentations and add more ways to kind of jazz them up a bit. And, and at lunch, this marketing person actually went out to the local 7-Eleven, the one that was right down the street from where we were. And she also went to a competitor store and she bought a sandwich from each of them as a, as a sample. So the deli sandwich from her store was beautiful and fresh. And the sandwich from the competitor store was one of those where, you know, the sandwich was cut diagonally into two triangles and then the triangles were shoved into a, a plastic box. So she passed each one around the room and everybody agreed that the triangle sandwich was absolutely awful. And by contrast, she likely won over a few audience members with that fresh sandwich that her company made. So a good sample can be really, really compelling if you use it well. If you don't have a good quote memorized, then another impact idea, the name drop will often work just as well. So a name drop, it's very similar to a quote, but you're not actually quoting the source. You're not actually using the exact words of the source. Uh, a name drop could either be a famous person or a company. You know, for instance, since my company has taught presentation classes for over 400 of the Fortune 500 list, we often name drop big customers in the same industry of a company who is requesting information from us. You know, for instance, if we're speaking to a university, we're going to often tell them that we've taught presentation classes for Texas A&M and Boston University and even Harvard. Those clients allow us to have a lot of credibility in that particular industry. Another example is when I'm teaching classes about how important it is to narrow down your content to three to five main bullet points. I often name drop other professional speakers or companies who agree with this idea, you know, like for instance, Slide Genius, Presentation Magazine, and big training companies like the Del Carnegie Organization and the American Management Association, they all believe in some form of what we call the rule of three in a presentation. Notice that each of the examples that I talked about, I'm not quoting any of those sources. I'm just saying that each of those sources agree with the statement that I'm making. Of course, the cool thing about this particular technique is that if any of your listeners want to verify that claim, it's easy for them to do a Google search. And that, that's what makes this so powerful. It allows the inner Sherlock Holmes and the audience member to come out and they do their own investigation. And when they do, they find that you are right on the money. So this particular impact idea works very well, especially if you're trying to persuade your audience. Another good impact idea is to use a non-PowerPoint visual aid. I'm not saying, by the way, not to use PowerPoint. I'm just saying don't use PowerPoint as your only visual aid. You know, for instance, instead of just inserting a photo 
to a single slide of your slideshow, you might want to get the photo made into a board or a poster. This type of visual has way more longevity than just putting an image up on a slideshow. And, and once you click the button, it's gone. So a company a few years ago, by the way, um, was competing to win a contract for a, it was a five-year project that they were working on. And instead of doing like everybody else and just organizing a sales slideshow about how great they were, this company just had a single visual aid. It was a 20-foot board with a timeline of the entire project. And they broke the project into component time periods and told the story about how the project would proceed through each one of those periods. It worked very, very well, by the way. On a different project, I was coaching a team that was trying to build a high-tech science center on the campus of the University of Texas. My client, by the way, had worked with hundreds of universities on building projects, but at that time, they'd only done a single project where the guidelines for indoor temperature, humidity, et cetera, were, were exact and was similar to this particular project. So when I first began my coaching with them, they had organized their entire presentation around that single past success. They had a photo of the previous project that looked like something out of a futuristic movie or something out of a science fiction thriller. It had aluminum and glass and a mirrored exterior. It was a beautiful building, by the way, but the UT campus is right in the middle of downtown Austin. And the campus is very gothic in nature. So if you think like stone pillars and gargoyles, castle type, that's kind of what the, the campus looks like. So after just a few questions, the team realized that if they tried to convince the university board to insert the Space Odyssey building into their beloved campus, it's probably not going to go over very well. So one of the architects actually took a sketchbook and a pencil down to the campus and just started sketching things that were on the current campus architecture, that, that things that he liked. By the way, he did that just to bring back some ideas to the team, but the sketches were so good. He did such a great job that they actually became a part of the final presentation. And after a few slides, the speaker would hit the W button on his laptop, which created a blank white slide in the PowerPoint slideshow. And the architect then slipped a tripod with his sketches in front of the, the impromptu spotlight. It was different and it was memorable and they got the job very quickly. So basically, if you want to wow your audience, use something other than just PowerPoint. And a lot of times your audience is going to like you a whole lot more. So the next impact idea is showmanship. This is your most important presentation enhancer. That's why I saved it for last. And you never, ever, ever want to underestimate the entertainment value in any presentation. So let me repeat that because it's so, so, so important. Never, ever, ever underestimate the entertainment value in any presentation. Most speakers think that if they just give their audience the knowledge and the content without sounding like an idiot, then they've succeeded. However, think about, you know, Ferris Bueller's teacher, right? Anyone, 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 Bueller. Uh, if you aren't interesting, then your audience will often be distracted from your content. So it's important to add some flair or some showmanship to your speech. Now, obviously, if you add in a few of the other items that we've talked about so far, you're, you're going to be, you're going to have a more interesting delivery. But the key is to think to yourself, how can I make this content more interesting? I had a class member once who was a line supervisor for Amgen Pharmaceuticals. This is a company based in Providence that uh, does cancer drugs. 
And one of his main jobs was quality control of the, the drugs that were being created on his line. And during his presentation, he, he, he just paused for a second and he asked the entire group, he said, hey, have you guys ever seen a million dollars? And of course, we all kind of shook our heads no. And he continued by sprinkling a few granulars of sugar on, onto the table in front of him. Now, basically what he had done is he had a packet of sugar from the coffee bar that was at the back of the room. He just tore the top off and he kind of palmed the sugar packet in his hand throughout his entire presentation. And he just kind of flicked his wrist, a few granules of sugar fell on the table. And he said, if that much contaminant gets into our drug line, we lose a million dollars worth of product. And it was a really dramatic way to make his point. And we all remembered it. It was really cool. So it's important to have really good content, but you also have to deliver that content with a little bit of showmanship to add some entertainment value to your presentation. So now that you have a few ideas of things that you could put into your presentation, you want to insert a few of these impact ideas into that outline that we created. So go back to the presentation outline that you created in the previous session and add at least one, and in a lot of cases, I would suggest at least two of these enhancers into each bullet point as additional support. I would encourage you to make your first type of support a story or an example. And then once you have that, you might also add an analogy or some type of visual aid. Um, you might also add a contrasting story or an audience participation question. The fun part about this process is that although the structure of each presentation is very similar, the flexibility is enormous. And theoretically, you could give multiple presentations on the same exact topic with the same exact title and still never come up with the same content twice. So here are your action items for this section. Basically, what you want to do is add additional support to the presentation outline that you created in the previous section. So I've added the outline on a single page that you can print in your audio guide. So if you go to fearlesspresentations.com slash audio dash guide, then you can download that and just fill in the blanks. So as a summary, you want to add items into the blanks as follows. You want your topic to be the overall conclusion of your presentation. You wanna have at least three bullet points, point number one, number two, number three. These should be your three most important things that the audience wants to get out of your presentation, what they want to know about the, the topic. You wanna add some compelling support, and that's typically an example, a story, maybe a quote from an expert or some other valid proof that your bullet point is true. And then add in one of the impact ideas. The impact ideas are those things that make your points more memorable to the audience, such as analogies, demonstrations, samples, anecdotes, or other pieces of showmanship. So have fun, and we'll see you next week on the Fearless Presentations podcast. Bye, y'all. Subscribe to this podcast for new public speaking secrets each week.